G'day guys, Dan Lenny here, host of the How to Scale a Video Business podcast, coming to you this week, and it's my birthday. It's my 50th birthday today, which seems ridiculous. I don't know how that happened. It seemed only a short while ago I was 30, and then 40, and then suddenly I'm 50. So um, that's something I'm going to reflect on in terms of how does it feel? Uh, but more importantly, what have I learned in the last 50 years spinning around on this planet? It's uh, fairly mind-blowing, actually. Good news is um, people say I don't look my age, which is nice. So here we are, episode 156, and the 50 in that represents my actual birthday today, which is it's kind of weird, you know. When I got to 40, I was really freaked out. Um, but it doesn't doesn't bother me being 50. In fact, I feel pretty chilled out about it. You know, I'm in a good place in life. I'm I'm working as much as I want to work. I've got some great mates. I'm happily married. Um, you know, I've made a bit of money. I don't really want for anything. You know, we live by the beach in Australia. It's like it's, it's there's plenty of worse places to live and worse ways to live. Um, but I wanted to do today was just talk a little bit about some of my experiences I've gone through the decades. I mean, this is my third decade in video production. And um, I don't assume for a second, just because I've been doing this longer than a lot of people, that it somehow gives me any kind of rights to predict what's going to happen next, because it really doesn't. But um, there are things that I've observed along the way that I want to share with you that I think, you know, um, experience teaches you uh, that there's a certain way of behaving that I think is, is you know, more fruitful than others. And, and the first one I'm going to start with is, uh, it's a bit of a pet peeve, actually, and it's something that I'm seeing increasingly. And that is um, video businesses that are essentially a one-man band, to use that kind of phrase, um, but they present themselves as if they're a bigger company than they actually are. And, um, you know, as one example, I was talking to someone a few, a while ago and, um, you know, they had like eight people on their website as being part of the team. But when I actually spoke to them, they were making a couple of grand a month and, and, and it was like the kind of like all their mates had got together and gone, let's all put this, um, this branding on and, and look like we're part of the same company. And I think there's a real dangerous precedent with that approach because, I think people see through it very, very quickly. It doesn't take anyone really any time to suss out if you are a big agency with an established reputation. Therefore, you would have that kind of level of staff or that you're just kind of trying to look bigger than you are. And I see this more often than I'd like to really, where um, business owners seem to choose to pool resources or have a kind of like, you know, a bunch of mates or freelancers on the website as part of their team. And the thing is, I get that, you know, you might hire those people from time to time. But I think where the where the precedent is misleading is that you're basically lying to customers before you've even done any business. You're you're saying, hey, we're willing to kind of try and pull the wheel over your eyes and pretend to be like a bigger outfit than we are. And and if for some reason someone does get in touch there's two things that might happen. They might be thinking, well, you've got all these staff to pay. So you're not, you know, you're not going to be cheap. You're going to, and not that I think that's necessarily a bad thing, but someone might be looking saying, well, they've got a load of mouths to feed. Therefore, I mean, their price is just going to be through the roof as opposed to a company that's got two or three people. 
And I have so many incredible clients who are doing multiple six figures a month. And I'm talking 40, 50, 60, 70, $80,000 a month. And they are in a business with two or three people. Um, and it's absolutely possible to do that. So I, I don't really understand why business owners try to pretend that they're like a bigger deal than they are. I mean, look, I did eight, eight 10, 15, 10, 12 years working with Sony. I never hid the fact that it was just me. Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't highlight the fact that I was working from a shed at the end of my garden, but th- it wasn't important. And the one time when they did ask me how big my team was, I said, well, the core team is only two of us, but we scale up and scale down depending on what we need. And he wasn't bothered by that. In fact, I would always argue that if you say, look, we are, we are operating quite a lean way, then what we're actually saying is um, we want to make sure that any money you invest with us is seen on screen. And we don't waste necessarily on daft offices or overheads that that kind of just add to our daily operating cost, which then ultimately gets passed down to a client. And, and I remember talking to a friend of mine who was who was working at Sony at the time in, in European marketing, and he said, you know, I'm just tired of agencies ripping us off. I remember him showing me this thing, quiz, we're talking, you know, maybe eight years ago, showing me a one-page ad they had written for uh, an OLED monitor. And it was like 25, 30,000 pounds as the quote. And it was like creative director fees and account manager fees and copywriter fees and art director fees and graphics fees and agency fees, you know, account management fees. And, um, and he just said to me, look, I'm just sick of being ripped off. He said, what could you do with this kind of money? And we were like, well, we could actually go and produce all of this content. He went, right, why don't we do that then? And so he kind of, would rather work with a smaller company that you know we still made money on it and he was happy with that but we were giving him so much more for his coin and i think he ended up spending 60 grand with a sterling and pounds to produce a series of of video content that became a i think it was a blu-ray dvd on the fs100 but they gave that away to every customer that bought a camera and it became this really powerful marketing tool so i guess what i'm saying is you know what experience has taught me is like don't pretend to be something you're not just be proud of who you are and and actually people will respond better to that authenticity than they will someone who's trying to pretend to be a bigger deal than they are because when you look like you've got 10 staff like it doesn't take anyone more than about three seconds to dig into you have a phone call with you to realize that when they call you you pick up on a mobile phone and there's no kind of front of house if you if you had an office with 10 people in it you'd have someone on reception you'd have someone diverting the calls so or different people would be picking up the calls or you'd have a direct line and there would be an, an, a certifiable office that you'd go to, not just like a kind of an office, which is like a, a registered office in another country or, you know, another town. Um, so so I, I want to just kind of be really open with you and say, like, don't bullshit your customers. Like they, they are onto you. Like people want sincerity. They want honesty. They want to, to see that you are just like authentic. And so I think in, in my 50 years of spinning around on this planet, which really you know, I've been working for the last, I guess I started working about 20, 24. So what's that? 30, 40, 20, 26 years I've been employed in various roles in television and broadcasters and companies that rent gear and sell gear and I run my own business for 11 years. And um, I've seen quite a lot. And, and I think, you know, especially with the way in which we communicate these days, People just smell bullshit a mile off. So like, just be authentic, be yourself, especially with what's happened in the last year. 
it, there's no need to try and pretend to be a bigger deal than you are. Uh, another thing that I see a lot of, um, which I think is is very, very questionable morally, is someone being a DP or working on a project and and then passing off the entire project as if they've produced it. And I think that can be a bit tricky. And I, and I think there's times when people do that and they get into trouble with, with the agencies that perhaps have hired them. And we've had a few of our members talk about this where they've got suppliers who say, hey, can I use this footage in my showreel? And what they're doing is they're putting it on their 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 page as if they produced the whole thing rather than saying, hey, I was the second camera on this or I was the editor on this. And, um, you know, again, like be proud of what you're doing. You don't have to try and pretend that you are this amazing all singing, all dancing agency when you're in fact a filmmaker who makes corporate videos from from your spare room in your house. Like there's, there's no shame in that. And I think there's a real problem in the industry where, and I think it's slightly out of desperation, where people are just like desperately trying to come across as being a bigger deal than they are when there's just no need. And I think that's what experience has taught me. Just be who you are. You don't have to pretend to be something you're not to try and impress someone. Because if you understand your target market and you understand their needs and you understand how to help them solve their problems, they will be the biggest fans of you. You know, most most creatives get this wrong. They they they, they try and overcompensate because um, they think they should be further down in their career than they are. And the fact is, you are where you are in your career. And and it, and, and the businesses that I see having the most success are the ones who who stick to their lane, who serve their audience really well and go deep and help them just achieve their goals. And if you do that, then you will find yourself in a position where you can completely and utterly um, serve that market very, very well and and have no issues. You'll build your business. So that's the second thing that I've noticed a lot recently. And I talk to a lot of filmmakers and I'm always surprised by, you know, dare I say the amount of bullshit that I hear um, and the amount of stories that people are telling themselves. I mean, the fact is video production is like any service industry. Okay. It's about helping a client solve a problem. Um, you don't have to convince people that video is like the next best thing, you know, for, for managing their, their, their lead generation. You don't need to be an evangelist for video. You just need to ask them, what is it you're trying to achieve and how can I help you? And then if you can figure out that you can help them, then, you can actively talk about how that might look. And from there, you can discuss if you are, in fact, the right people to help them with that. Because in many cases, you may not be. And I think that um, where a lot of people make a lot of mistakes is that they're trying to do everything for everyone. It's like the classic, oh, look, yeah, we can do that. 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 Rather than saying, look, our area of specialism is helping these types of business achieve these results with this method that we use, which is very, it's proven to show that we get results. Um, but actually this part of the, of the um, area is not something we're specialists in. So we can actually outsource that on your behalf, or we can point you in the direction of a company that that can to help you with that but we're happy to manage it for you just to let you know we'll probably outsource that bit so if, if that's cool with you then we can we can certainly do that people will respect you far more if you are honest with them about what you can and can't do so i think that's where another lesson that i learned with experience is, is you know just just stay in your lane 
get get really good at being known for that one thing. And and I say that one thing, I mean from a marketing perspective. What is what is your key area of specialism? What is the one thing you really do very, very well? Um and we've noticed that in our own business where we used to have a lot of different ways in which we help people. And it became kind of like there's an analogy called chasing too many rabbits. You know, when you're you're constantly going in different directions to try and keep the plate spinning and you end up not really serving anyone. So we just decided, you know, three or four years ago to just focus on helping video business owners succeed in business. And, and we've seen our business grow exponentially year on year because we're focusing on that one thing. And a great friend of mine and mentor, Ben Simkin, who's been on the show, says, you know, you only need one target market, one offer and one funnel to make a million bucks. And and that is a kind of, it's, it's an analogy for the fact that most people try and do too many different things. They feel like they've got to offer lots of different services. And so a lot of websites I look at when I'm, when I'm reviewing and people, people to join our programs, I, I look at their websites and I can see they're trying to do too much. And the businesses that I find have the most success core focus on two or three markets and they, they go deep and they help them really achieve their goals. And one of the biggest advantages of, of focusing on niche markets is that you can go deep into that world. You know, if you're working in education, for example, then there's certain precedents in education, you know, certain safety and police checks you have to have. But there's a certain understanding if one educational establishment is looking for, for content to help attract students into their establishment, then other establishments are going to be looking to do the same. And so you become known for expertise in that space. Um, and you might have certain insights into how that might look. Perhaps you work in healthcare. I have clients that work in healthcare and they, they get known within the healthcare world amongst consultants who move from company to company and they know that compliance and, um, and, you know, uh, certification is a very big deal in a lot of uh, those spaces. And so, when they're working with a supplier, they know they don't have to keep explaining themselves. So I've got a client who works in, um, you know, distribution, um, haulage in, in, um, in, in manufacturing and in, um, uh, what's the one I'm looking for? Uh, distribution, you know, warehousing and, and, and haulage and, and, uh, the words escape me, but he, he's in a very specialist niche whereby that industry understands his market. And oftentimes in these companies, the people that are working in them have relationships with other people they've worked with in other companies. And so it's a great way to refer a business. And so I think that that's my biggest lesson as well. One of my biggest lessons is that, you know, going deep into a market and becoming known as an expert in that market really helps you to establish your authority and you get incredible referrals and you know, once you get one referral and once you get known for being in that space, people just trust you more. Um, and so, you know, be having the, having the, the guts to, to go niche and really focus on that will serve you enormously well. And the funny thing is when you do go niche, you know, you'll still do other bits and pieces of work, but once you're known for a particular approach to storytelling or a particular approach to filmmaking, people will get to know that and be like, well, we want to work with people like you because, you know, you know our industry. And I think that uh, another big lesson I've learned in my 50 years is that nobody cares about, you know, us and our passion nearly as much as we do. And I think filmmakers, dare I say, we can be a little bit kind of, 
you know, dare I say, up our own arse. We kind of get a bit too carried away with the tech and a bit too carried away with the um, the process. And we sort of fall in love with the process. And we sometimes forget to really hear what the client's trying to achieve. And it's not that they don't enjoy the process and love it. It's exciting, you know, but, but it's like the mistake I see people making is that they, they simply don't spend enough time in the client's world, in the client's head, understanding what the client's prospects and, and customers need and helping to communicate that through video. And I think that's a real kind of problem area in video production. But look, there's also a lot of really, really positive things. You know, I think that, I mean, I've, I'm fortunate. I work with incredible clients. We have really successful businesses growing year on year inside the video business accelerator. And, um, and what I observe is the ones that do well are extremely focused, extremely disciplined. They know their space. They, they are experts at delivering high quality. They're not afraid to charge what they're worth. And, 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 and part of our training is making sure you maximize the revenue you generate from every project. And, and it's not that you kind of rip clients off or necessarily make huge in every project, but we look to build a lifetime value. We look to, to charge what we're worth. So people respect the fact that we're not cheap. Um, you know, no one likes to buy cheap, despite what they might say. Now, if you're going SEO and attracting lots of inquiries into your website and that kind of general nature, then yeah, people are only going to base you on, on, on price. And, you know, I was talking to someone last week and I said, look, you know, you're, you're like a plumber. You're just, you're charging bar, per, per hour. You, you'll do pretty much anything. You'll go out for three hours and, and film and, and like, that's okay. But understand that you're never going to be treated on anything like other than a gun for hire, a service provider. And if you want to be treated like a partner, then you want to get more involved with an industry, more involved with a set of clients that you can really, truly help so that they understand that you're there as a partner to them. And some of my most successful clients just have a catalog of amazing clients who they partner with and they just automatically go to them. But that takes time. And I think that's probably my last lesson to share with you is that, is that patience. Um, you know, when I was 30, I just wanted to do everything yesterday. And there was this mad rush. Now that I've hit 50, I realize there's plenty of time. Um, and I'm 50. And some of you listening to this probably a lot younger. Um, maybe you're older. But, but, you know, as you get older, you realize that there is plenty of time. Just use your time carefully. You know, don't don't be wasteful with your time. Make sure you focus on helping people who want your help. And if someone doesn't want your help, it's okay to say, "Look, if you don't want my help, that's okay. Just just let me know, and I and I won't bother you again because I don't want to be chasing people, and and you shouldn't be chasing people in your business. You know, there's a difference between following up with prospects, but you get to a point where a prospect's just not ready to make a decision, and you've got to say, "Well, is this is this just a kind of question of timing or is this something you're not ready to commit to? And then you can move forward and drive your energy towards helping people who do need your help because, you know, not everyone is going to be ready for what you've got to offer. And so getting clear about what you're offering, who you're offering it to, what your value is, and understanding how to to communicate that effectively to the world. That is, that is very important. And that takes time. That absolutely takes time. Getting your marketing strategy dialed and getting your marketing dialed and your follow up strategy, your ongoing nurturing sequences. Those things take time to create. Having said that, once you've got them up and running, it is an absolute kind of goldmine because you've got predictability. And once you've got predictability, 
that's when you can start to relax. So guys, I'm going to keep it short this week. I'm off to celebrate my birthday weekend with friends. And um, thanks for listening. And I will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the How to Scale a Video Business podcast with me, your host, Dan Lenny. If you're a video business owner who's hit a ceiling and we benefit from mentorship, support, and coaching, then check out how you can work with me over at denlenny.com. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show over on iTunes, and we'd really appreciate you taking a few minutes to leave a review. And don't forget to share. If you feel you've gotten value from this episode and you think it would be useful for other filmmakers you know, then please do me a massive favor and share it on social media and in groups that you might be in. So thanks for listening. See you in the next episode.